This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I am Chris Graham and uh, get to connect with Jerry Ratcliffe on these podcasts, which is a pleasure for me and I'm sure for you listeners out there as well. Jerry, hope things are going well for you. Yeah, everything's cool. Uh Except for the temperature, right? It's <laughs> out there, so it's nice to see some hot weather for a change. Uh, might actually get out. Um, had a nice uh, weekend, and I hope you did as well. Yeah, hopefully we can um, get used to this weather now. It's that's the that's that's going to be the trick now, and it won't be too long before we're used to eighty and ninety degrees, but. It's a little shocking right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got out. Crystal and I got up to DC for a Nats doubleheader on Saturday. We caught both ends of the Rockies doubleheader. Actually, drove through on the way home and stopped in Fredericksburg and watched Steven Strasburg pitch on Sunday for uh, a pretty nice outing for him. Five no hit innings, and um, you know that's that's a good way to spend Memorial Day weekend is watching a lot of baseball. Yeah, I saw those games on your uh, Twitter account. Uh, you were uh, adorned in Nationals gear, so uh, looks like you had a good time up there. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great time. And uh, worse things to do than watch a lot of baseball, I think, on uh, good weather weekends. But we'll, we'll, and we'll talk baseball here on this podcast as Virginia uh, gets ready for the Greenville Regional, uh, which is this coming weekend. But first, let's talk some UVA football. Uh, a big commitment for uh, the Virginia football program, uh, the first running back commitment, uh, prep running back commitment from Tony Elliott in his new regime at UVA. Uh, Dante Hawthorne from Fredericksburg. I mentioned I was in Fredericksburg this past weekend. A young man from Fredericksburg announcing that he's uh, going to be attending Virginia. Uh, this is big news for Virginia football. Yeah, uh, he's a member of the class of 2023, uh, so he hasn't been rated yet by the recruiting services. But uh, he sounds pretty darn good. He's 6'1", 200, apparently a strong downhill runner. Although he played quarterback at Massaponics High School last season where he rushed for over 1,000 yards, averaged almost seven yards a carry, scored 22 touchdowns. Uh, I, think, I think I read it right that he averaged a touchdown almost every seven Times he touched the ball, uh, not a bad average, and um, he passed for uh, 350 yards. I don't think that's his forte. So apparently, he is transferring to Colonial Forge High School in Stafford for his senior season, where I'm uh, assuming that uh, instead of playing quarterback, he'll play running back. I uh, don't know that for sure, but I'm um, just reading between the lines there. But, uh, you know, Virginia offered him April the 5th. He visited Virginia Tech the weekend before. Then he came back to Virginia for the uh, blue-white game the, uh, in late April, the 23rd, I believe it was, and just committed the other day. So he is the second in-state recruit to commit to Virginia. Virginia has two recruits thus far. Um, the other one is an offensive lineman uh, named Cole Serber, big dude. So uh, good news for Tony Elliott's staff that they've already lassoed 
two in-state recruits. There, uh, there's been a couple of, I think, uh, recruiting classes under Bronco that didn't have that many recruits from the state in the entire class. So um, kudos to those guys for uh, getting off to a quick start. And I assume there'll be more of those over the next two months as uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, you and I have been reporting on those numbers, uh, the Bronco era at least, and, and their um, their lack of Virginia recruits. Um, one thing I thought was interesting in the story you wrote about this, Jerry, about Dante Hawthorne is is how when he visited and, and was on campus, one grounds for the spring game uh, back April 23rd, that he was really impressed with how Tony Elliott uses his running backs. Um, and he had just visited Virginia Tech which, uh, you know, of course, is in, in, a, in the middle of a coaching regime change as well. But Tech has a, a longer history of using its running backs well. But uh, Tony Elliott himself has a pretty good history with running backs. He's got some guys who are in the NFL making money as running backs. So, uh, you know, we haven't even played a game yet under Tony Elliott, and he's already getting guys to, to, to see what he's trying to, trying to do at Virginia and, and impressing them with what uh, his efforts are. That's a good point. And, you know, he has – he and uh, his offensive coordinator, Des Kitchens, uh, have both uh, spoken about how they want a more balanced offense, which doesn't strictly mean 50-50 run pass. Although, if you look at Clemson the last last year in particular, I think they were close to that under Elliott's uh, play calling. So, um, I think uh, – they're serious about this. I think they do intend on having a reliable running game that will take a little pressure off Brennan Armstrong. And I know uh, during the spring practices, uh, a couple of times we had, uh, he said, yeah, I threw for X amount of yards last year. And what did it get us? Six and six. So uh, I think he recognizes the fact that Generally, if you throw the ball as much as Virginia does, it, it normally doesn't add up to a winning record, or at least to, to more, much more than a winning record. So I think he recognized the fact that they need uh, a solid running game as well. And I think that's how you contend for the Coastal Division title, assuming that there's going to be a Coastal Division. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I think they're very serious about trying to build a running game and they're starting in the right places. So, uh, but good news for Virginia football. We're uh, getting closer and closer every day to the uh, start of the 2023 or 2022 season, excuse me, 2023, I, I guess as well. But uh, ACC football kickoff uh, in late July, and then we'll have camp starting in late July, and we'll have all kinds of coverage. But still news being made in the football uh, sphere with uh, the, the, the progress in recruiting. We talked oh, about – Also, also uh, before I forget, uh, groundbreaking Thursday. Yes. Uh, on Virginia's new football home. Uh, there will be a uh, press conference earlier in the day with Carla Williams for uh, invited media. And also um, – a groundbreaking at five o'clock, I believe, is correct. That's uh, right. That's right. Don't know what all that entails, other than uh, putting some shovels in the ground. But out there between the McHugh Center and 
the George Welsh indoor facility. That's where the football facility is going to be and the new Olympic sports building, which will go up after the football operations center. So exciting times for uh, Tony Elliott and the football program and its followers. And I'm sure they will use this over the next two months when recruiting heats up and camps begin. They'll be able to march their campers and recruits over to where there's a hole in the ground and show them where their future football home is going to be. I think they'll try to get it up uh, as soon as they possibly can. So uh, to me, that signals a, a major commitment to uh, trying to enhance the football program here and show pe- the recruits that they're serious about trying to win in football. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Show, show them the dirt, show them the cinder blocks, uh, the frames, everything else going up, and say by the time you're here, this will be uh... – fully realized and you'll be you'll be the among the first to work out and, and get better there and that's 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 your sales pitch for the next few years right <laughs> yeah so uh let's 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 turn our turn our attention back to baseball then uh uva baseball um a disappointing end of the regular season and an 0-2 run in the acc tournament uh takes a team that seemed destined to be hosting a regional uh, on the road for the first weekend of uh, NCAA tournament play Virginia, the number two seed in the Greenville regional, uh, hosted by East Carolina university, you know, Jerry, it's not like we don't, you, uh, these current guys may not know so much, but UVA baseball fans know about ECU. They know about the number three seed coastal Carolina who Virginia opens up with on Friday night. Uh, we've played those programs consistently over the years. ECU used to be our first weekend opponent for, for a number of years. And I know Coastal, the, there used to be a home-and-home home, uh, for a number of years with, with Coastal Carolina um, and also Coppin State in this field. Um, Virginia's 12-14 and 14 in their last 26 games. Uh, that's, that's the bad news. The good news is last year they, they weren't a one seed and, and made it all the way to Omaha. Um, love the headline, Jerry, on your story uh, this morning on jerryratcliffe.com. O'Connor, we need to pay back the baseball gods and do things the right way. Uh, I think that sums up a lot, but tell us more about Coach O'Connor's mood heading into this week. Yeah, he was very upbeat when he met with us yesterday, Chris, after practice. Uh, he told us that uh, he and his coaching staff had put the players through the toughest, most intense practice they've had this season on Sunday. Uh, I think he was clearly sending a message to these guys that it's time to toughen up and uh, – and step it up. Uh, postseason basketball, uh, baseball is a different animal, and uh, you're going to be seeing everybody's best pitchers uh, at least 
the first game that you play them, and uh, you know they've they've struggled against good pitching uh, over that span that you mentioned just now, particularly uh, losing four of the last five games to at Louisville, and then back to back to Florida State, and Notre Dame, and Charlotte. Uh, he was upbeat that they're in the tournament. They're, they're a number two seed. He, he said uh, he thought that they would have had to have win um, at least one more game against Louisville or maybe two games in the ACC tournament to uh, have hosted. So, But he's not worried about it. He said, there's, there's, in a way, there's less pressure in not hosting because all you do is pack the bus, go to the hotel, <clears throat> wait to be told when to play, show up and play and, and go back to the hotel instead of when you're home, you got to be involved with uh, decisions about weather delays and uh, game times and all sorts of other things that may arise if you're the host. Plus there's an intense amount of pressure on you to win at home, uh, not only from your own fans, but just from media covering the event, uh, including the, the national TV media. So, um, I don't think the fact that going to Greenville is, is going to be uh, any issue for them. They certainly survived last year in Columbia through uh, the regional and super regional in some very intense baseball games. And uh, he challenged these guys. He said, you know, we've got to step it up. Our pitching staff has to do, be better than what it has been. Uh, we need guys, multiple guys who can – deliver multiple hits and multiple RBI to advance. And we need some guys to step up and play their best baseball. And I, I think he got his point across in, in that practice Sunday and then uh, practice yesterday and again today in preparation to face Coastal Carolina. And uh, the Chanticleers, as you said, they're a pretty good program. They – they won the uh, College World Series in 2016, the year after Virginia won it. And uh, they have a really solid program. They were 36-18-1 uh, and one overall this year, 21-8 and eight with one tie in the Sun Belt. Uh, they did lose in the Sun Belt uh, Conference to uh, Troy. And uh, I think they had so many rain problems in that tournament that they had to uh, – make it a single elimination deal instead of a double elimination. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be facing a, a pretty solid baseball program. And as you mentioned about East Carolina, man, they, they've won, I think, 18 in a row. And we, we all have seen what East Carolina can do over the years. So it's not an easy regional. Yeah, not at all. Uh, Coastal, um, 30th in RPI. Um East Carolina eighth in RPI. Virginia spent most of the season in a top ten in RPI, but struggled down the stretch and and ended up uh, looking here real quick twenty uh, fourth in the RPI, um, which is pretty much according to their seed. East, East Carolina the number eight national seed. Um, you know the, to, the only disadvantage I'd say Jerry to being the number two seed as a being as opposed to being the number one seed is you're playing number three, um, you're pitching your best against number three's best, and in this case, Coastal. You know, we know from Virginia's past, when when Virginia's a one seed in hosting, and you're playing a four seed, you tend to not throw your number one starter out there in that one-four matchup. You save your number one 
um, for the potential Saturday night matchup for the winner's bracket final. And so for Virginia to, you know, to get through those first two games, you're going to face the other two teams aces. Um, whereas if you're the number one seed, you're, you're, you know, you get away from having to face another great ace, at least you're probably facing the number four team's ace, but you know, not quite the same as facing someone like East Carolina. I look at East Carolina's pitching boy, East Carolina's got some great pitching. They they've got, a they've got depth in starting pitching that can get them through a regional. And that's, that's going to be, I mean, they're, you know, they're 42 and 18 and you might say, well, they're from the AAC and you know, these things, but man, I look at the depth of their starting pitching. That that's a pretty solid rotation. It really is. And, you know, that's one thing that carried Virginia through last year, even though they had some unexpected, uh, memorable performances by some guys that, that perhaps people had forgotten about or given up on or didn't expect it from. Uh, even like uh, Ortiz, who <laughs> hadn't pitched uh, since, I don't know if he even pitched an ending during the season because of an arm issue, but. Uh, they had worked him some in practice, little to no one's knowledge, and just plucked him out of the air. And he, he came through with uh, an incredible performance or two in that regional, sub-regional, and, and some other guys that just hadn't gotten it done. And then they came through and put together just uh, such good performances that you could build a, a really nice story around it. Uh, just unexpected uh, heroism. Uh, guys pitching with blisters on their fingers and and uh, striking out uh, a regional record number of people. Just uh, incredible stuff. So um, usually that's what it takes to escape in a, re- a regional and then survive a super regional is you got to have great pitching no matter where it comes from. And so um, that's what one of the things that O'Connor talked about was that uh, that's he just needs his pitchers to do a better job than they have down the stretch this season when, uh, like you said, the team was almost 500 in, its, in their last 26 games, I think. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Yeah, I ran some numbers. Now, these are numbers uh, that were compiled before uh, Virginia's loss to Notre Dame in game, their second game, second and final game of the ACC baseball championship. Uh, But the hitting numbers will only get worse. Uh, uh, Through 25 games, the 12 and 13 part of that, uh, season ending stretch Virginia was hitting 286 as a team um, before that when they were 26 and three Virginia was hitting 337 as a team so 51 point difference there the offense was averaging 6.9 point, uh, runs per game in the last in those 25 games as of 26 and three the offense was averaging 10.2 runs per game so big difference there and of course yeah factor in there were some games like George Mason and a couple games where they really had a lot of runs um 
the pitching staff was probably the biggest thing because, you know, I think with a 286 team average and 6.9 runs per game, you can win a lot of games. But through 29 games, Virginia had a team ERA of 2.71. In that 25-game stretch, uh, again, before the Notre Dame game, a 5.47, double the team ERA. Um, in that stretch, uh, what did I, I had um, – I pulled out one uh, starter – I thought I did in my stats here. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it in my stats here. But uh, Nate Savino really struggled down the stretch. His ERA was over five. Uh, uh, after the uh, – starting with his start against Miami, the first game of that three-game series where things turned in the other direction, his ERA was over five, over five and a half actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, last year pitching was what carried Virginia – through the postseason, um, and right now the pitching the pitching is not you know hitting on all cylinders like it was early in the season, and the hitting honestly, you know fr- from that record setting start that you saw offensively, it, they've been a pretty average team offensively as well. Yeah, I, I wish I had written it down at the time, but I was watching the Louisville series on television, and uh, they did uh, somebody whoever researched the teams for. Uh, that series did a nice job. They pointed out the uh, a large disparity in Virginia's hitting uh, batting average, team batting average, and run production at home this year as opposed to on the road. And it, it was a, a huge disparity. Uh, I asked a couple of players about that yesterday, and uh, they were a little surprised by the, the that the numbers were that great. But um, – I asked them what you know what it's going to take to kickstart that offense again, and they said you know just everybody just focusing in and and uh, just refocusing on what they do best. Uh, I don't know exactly how you go about doing that, particularly if again this is on the road. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what what kind of adjustments that maybe Kevin McMullen has made with some of his uh, batters uh, to try to lift them up out of, of a little bit of a funk. And, uh, but they, they certainly uh, didn't hit the ball well in four of those five loss, uh, four of those five games, all losses. The one game against Louisville where they scored uh, I don't know, it was 13 or 16 runs, I can't recall. They, they had um, plenty of hitting in that game. But the other two games out there and then the uh, two losses in Charlotte, uh, the offense – Almost disappeared. I, I've got it now. Savino, uh, dating back to the April 8th loss at Miami, he gave up six runs on 10 hits in five innings in that game. So starting at, starting on that date, one in five record, 5.23 ERA. For a guy who's projected to be like a first or second round pick in the MLB draft, um, you know, going into the season, he's your ace. Brandon Neek, uh, you know, of course, has had his issues. He started – he was the opening they started for Virginia this year. Ends up in the bullpen. I mean, Brian Gursky's had a solid season for the most part, but he's not been, you know, he's not been the same the last couple of weeks, maybe. So, yeah, pitching, pitching's, pitching's not there. The the hitting is 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 inter- you know, it's it's struggling right now. Um, yeah, it's you know, this it feels so different. I mean, last year's team was eleven and fourteen going into the first week of April. Had to uh, they lost the first game to Georgia Tech, won the last two, and. And then that started the stretch that got them in the NCAA tournament. Then they went ran through the NCAA tournament all the way um, to Omaha. Um, 
but you know, you're, you're at that point, Virginia had gone in, you know, they were winning games. They, they won their way into the NCAA tournament. Um, you like being, you like being hot going into any kind of tournament. If you have to go into a tournament, um, this team is kind of backsliding in and, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think Jerry, I mean, you know, Brian O'Connor's had five teams make the college world series. And I know he's pointed out that three of those five times they did so from being on the road in the first round. Yeah. Um, but a, a, you know, a key difference here is it just feels again, like th- those teams felt like they were playing pretty good baseball at this time of year. Even, even the, the couple that like the, the 2015 team uh, had to win its way in because if they hadn't won games in, in early May, they wouldn't have even been in the ACC tournament, much less the NCAA tournament. And they went all the way through and won the, won the whole thing. Um, those teams were all playing good baseball this time of year. This team is, is not right now. And, and it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that's, Obviously, it's got Bron O'Connor's attention. It's got his team's attention. But, you know, can they get it turned around, I guess, is the big question. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, he's, he talked about we really need – he said we at times we've – not not just this season, but in seasons past, this time of year, we've had some great spurts. And he said that's what we need in Greenville is we need a great spurt. We need another one of those spurts. And – um I think maybe that's what maybe part of that uh, intense practice Sunday was, is to help these guys regain their focus, to get their attention, and and uh, maybe shake off whatever has, has been bothering them. I, I don't know. But uh, he, he really, like you said, he really knows that, it's going to come down to how his pitchers do. And, and he quote, uh, quote, quoted him. He said, it's, yeah, it's really getting back to what has made us successful. And that's being a little bit better on the mound than we've been. We need to get quality starts and play good defense, which is what his, he's built his program on all, all the years. But uh, he's talked about that throughout the year, but uh uh, he's he's really stressing that heading into this weekend that, that they've got to get better performances from the starters. And uh, as you pointed out, Savino has struggled. He, he he wouldn't announce who he's going to start Friday or Saturday yet. Uh, he did talk about Gursky that is is definitely going to pitch or start one of those games. He but they haven't decided yet. He, he wanted to dissect the Chanticleers line up a little bit before they made a determination about who he's going to throw against them. So uh, we'll have to wait and find out uh, where he's going to go with that and what his pitching plans are for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I, the more I think about this, Jerry, uh, and for the fans out there listening and trying to think, can, can this team, can this team do it? Well, one, they were 26 and three at one point, this team, the spurt thing, you know, this team can play great in spurts. Yeah, they've just got to get that going. I think what's going to be important for Virginia in this round, you know, assuming that there's there, there can be future rounds, um, not fall into the losers bracket. I'm not sure that the quality of pitching uh, depth this year is what it was last year to allow. I mean, th- th- it was a masterful job by Brian O'Connor last year um, to get. You know, they they lose the first game. And they had to play their way back through, and that is the hard way to win a, a double elimination four team br- bracket. You gotta, 
And all of a sudden you go from playing three games to playing five games to, 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 to be able to get through. And it's just so hard to do that, but they did it. And they had the depth last year to do it. I'm not sure that they've got the starting depth necessarily this year to do that. Um, you know, we, we can kind of guess who would pitch games one and two. Um, and maybe and, and if you play three, you know, throw Jake Barry in there, eight starts, five and three record, you know, 19 appearances overall. He's put up some decent numbers. He's struggled a little bit down the stretch as everyone else has. But if Virginia can win, I mean, it's just, this is simple. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laying out a genius plan, but win game one, get to game two, win game two, and then win game three. I mean, I, I don't know that, that they can, even if you win game one and two, then the most you've got to pitch is four games. You don't have to pitch five games. Um, I think they can win um, this regional if they only have to pitch three or four games. I'm not sure if they have to play five games and put up at least 45 innings that um, that they can do it. And, and and the offense can certainly play a role here too. You don't need to get uh, seven innings, one run, two hits out of your starting pitchers if the offense can produce the way it can produce. Kind of a combination of both. Let's get some runs early, get the, get the pitchers out there, get the middle relievers out there. Don't overuse Jay Woolfolk, uh, who's who's gotten so many innings this year. Give him a chance to kind of pitch in spurts, um, and uh, that's that's got to be the blueprint. If you if, if anything else, I think if Virginia loses the first game, this this could be a quick weekend for the Cavs. It could be, and uh, we've seen that some in the past. Uh, the last time they hosted uh, it was before COVID. I I think uh, was that the year that they played. Appalachian State and Appalachian, Arkansas. yeah, Appalachian State knocked them out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've we've seen that was a good team that Appalachian had, but uh, I, if yeah. I recall, I don't think the pitching depth was uh, was there for that Virginia team as well. But um, and you're right, the bats have to come alive too, and that that can help out the pitchers. Obviously, he talked a little bit about the the. The hitters, the batters, need to be more aggressive, and uh, I don't know what that all that entails. Uh, and he knows the inner workings of this team better than the rest of us, but he, he does expect them to be more aggressive uh, at the plate in this series down there. So uh, we'll see what what comes out of that. I'll add a light note here, Jerry, as we're probably towards the end of the podcast. Uh, we had Brian O'Connor on as a guest, and it was a great podcast. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they, as they were getting ready to play Liberty and then go to, to, to Miami, we talked, we talked to Brian when this team was 25-3. and three. Um, There's always been something called the Sports Illustrated Jinx, the SI Jinx. Um, I don't want there to be a, a Jerry Ratcliffe show jinx. So <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that though ever since they they lost that three game series. I, in my mind, oh no, we we might have jinxed things here, and then it's just kind of played out from there. Um, so uh, you, you know, I, I was brainstorming this with our, our colleague Scott German, and we were trying to think of things to do. Maybe we can invite Palmineri back on. Palmineri was a great guest, the former LSU coach. Um, seemed like we had a, a, a good time with him. I mean, we got to do something here, though. I, you know, I'm thinking about wearing a bunch of, uh, you know, like rally caps or, or something. But, uh, you know, because, you know, I, I, I don't think UVA fans will let us forget it. If, um, if, if uh, the, the, the season that started with so much promise turns on, on, on us interviewing Brian and, and then the season goes downhill from there. Well, I'm not superstitious. I'm just stitious. 
<laughs> oh, I've got enough superstition to make up for both of us. <laughs> I think it was more Miami than it was superstition or jinxes. I think Miami's just a really good baseball team, and they were at home. I think if the series had been up here, it wouldn't have been a sweep. They might have won the series, but I don't think they would have swept Virginia up here, but not at that point. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they can uh, go into Greenville and do some damage and uh, advance to a super regional, wherever in the heck that might be. (laughs) Wherever in the heck that might be. That's all that matters. Get through this weekend. We'll figure it out next weekend um, uh, as far as that goes. Well, Jerry, uh, of course, jerryratcliffe.com will have more pre- um, series coverage pre-regional coverage augustafreepress.com will as well um and uh boy there's more you know football recruiting news the basketball recruiting trail jerryradcliffe.com you guys have been on top of this uh in the last few weeks uh as we turn our attentions to future classes there um there's the big news later this week with uh the the groundbreaking pictures of people wearing hard hats with shovels breaking dirt uh, on, on something that's going to be huge for UVA football. Uh, and then the interview with Carla before that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's summertime, Jerry. I'm coming close to summertime now, but there's still plenty going on for, uh, for UVA sports fans to keep up with. It never slows down anymore, Chris. There's sometimes more news in the offseason there is during the season. So uh, we want to thank our readers for their loyal support and uh, visiting our websites, yours and mine, uh, every day and we'll keep you abreast of whatever's going on uh as we wrap up now, then jerry uh, you want to give out a, sh- a shout out to our sponsors i know we run the commercials during the show but it doesn't hurt to throw a bit, little bit more love their way yeah we want to thank the aberdeen barn for sure they've uh, sponsored us for four years now our uh, former radio show and now podcast uh go visit angela and get the best steak in town uh, also UVA orthopedics, uh, if you need them, I can't think of a better place to go to. And also ragged mountain running shop down there, uh, on the corner where you can, uh, get an incredible service from Mark and his family and, and workers. So, uh, thank those people anytime you see him for our, for supporting our podcast. Well, our thanks to the sponsors, my thanks to Jerry Ratcliffe and to you, the listener. And uh, signing off, I am Chris Graham. Everyone have a great day.